Um, so I'm kind of leveraging off my last sermon, which was Mind Renewal, and this one's called Unconditional Renewal, but I may change the name before you know it. You never know. It just depends on what I feel like I'm getting from the Spirit. So, um, and my text is 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's what we have. We have the mind of Christ. Um, so I, I just kind of want to put emphasis on that, what we have, which is the mind of Christ. We have other things. We have hands. We have feet. Um, we have access <laughs> to all sorts of things. God has created us. Um, wonderfully, right? Um, because we have the mind of Christ does not mean that we're always relying on his mind, right? Bless the Lord. So it it's, goes without saying, it's the choice is up to us. But I think he allows a whole lot of different calamities, experiences that are even near death or death or whatever the case may be, he works those things out together for the will of those that love him. It sounds crazy, but he knows how to get our attention. And what he wants to do is draw us into his presence. He wants us with him throughout all the stuff we suffer, all the inconvenience. Look, if it didn't matter to you, you wouldn't be moved by it. Okay? If it, if, if it was a neighbor that you didn't know that was going through something, well, you'd be heartfelt. But it's nothing like someone in your own house, right, to get you motivated, right? And it's either him or the other. It's cut and dry. Even though you don't realize or we don't realize that we're serving Satan, whenever we're not serving God, we're serving Satan by default. It's not that we have to go and bow down and join some ritual or or what's the guy is Travis Scott and all these other demonically influenced people. It's not that we have to go and make allegiance without, if we neglect to follow the Lord by default, we're following the enemy. This is the bottom line. Bottom line. Bless the Lord. So um, I'm always using these, and, and, and these are analogies, you guys. They're hypotheticals. So, um, you know, I'm not the playboy after midnight or whatever. I was never, you know, I was never this womanizer, chaser, whatever. You know, I was, you know, in my own brokenness, I had inhibitions that didn't stop me from doing some things. And I'm not trying to say, oh, I was, um, you know, a better, a better, uh, a, a lesser sinner than anyone. I'm just saying that I come up with these analogies to make a point. You know, and, uh, and, and for the most part, unless I say otherwise, they're hypothetical. But here's a hypothetical one, okay? <laughs> so I told the neighbor, she looks pretty. It was on Resurrection Day, Resurrection Sunday, when most women look pretty. You, you know, they overdo it. Yeah, they, they, the bonnets and all the extras, right? On Resurrection Day, usually women, as far as I remember, they all, they deck out, Right? So um, I didn't know that she would use my compliment to make herself beautiful in front of her husband. So in a lot of cases, I've known in school, you know, girls would try to, you know, I guess guys too, but girls would um, uh, speak themselves up in front of their boyfriend or, or, or whatever to make, to make it look like, more people than you are attracted to me, right? Okay, and so, um, <clears throat> so I didn't know she was going to use my compliment and, you know, and stuff. And then um, I'm supposing her husband is either not complimenting her or not looking at her as beautiful in the eyes of others, right? And that might have been one of his shortcomings, the other was he was a very jealous and mean-spirited guy. Now, even in this analogy, I've had these experiences, okay? 
In other words, this isn't just one episode. I've had experiences where I was, I was speaking the truth um, and then try, trying to be complimentary. <clears throat> then that mean husband is even meaner now, right? You, you know, now I wasn't going after your wife, you know, but, you know, she came around the corner looking like just bedazzled with, you know, all right, it threw me off, right? I didn't know she was going to be all sparkling today, right, and stuff. So it's, it's all I really wanted to do was, you know, do what I do, be, be kind and stuff, right, and stuff. But now he coming around the corner looking like a bull moose ready to come and beat me, right, or whatever. So, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, so my question is, was I wrong? I would have told him he looked sharp if he was sharp, right? I, I would have said, man, you look sharp today, right? I would have. But what may not be the focus of his, what, anger or, or suspicion in me could very well be he operates the way he thinks I'm operating, right? It could be, right? Because I've never, you know, you know, I've made it known. You guys are a great couple. I've been kind. I give you the Christmas presents at Christmas, whatever the case may be, right? So um, it could be that he has uh, something that he, right. But he believes I also have that same proclivity, right? He could be a womanizer, Right? It could be. In a lot of cases, when you meet guys and their wife, they move in, the wife speaks, but the guy is just, "Mm," you know. It's like, who are you? You know. And you looking at my wife. And you haven't even looked at him yet. Right? And so, it's kind of like that. So, so maybe I should have said, you guys, maybe I should have said this instead. Oh, you look great. Maybe I should have said, you know, you guys are a, a dazzling couple. He wasn't there. So, it wouldn't be fitting. Right? Or I could have said, um, you know, maybe I should have said, don't tell her, your husband, I said that. Don't, t- don't tell him, you know. That would have looked sneaky to her, right? You know, so, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of those, you, you know. Or, <laughs> or maybe I should not have said anything at all. Most people would agree with that last thought. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything at all, just She's coming around the corner. She knows she's clean, you know. And then there's David that just turns his head and puts his key in the door and goes on in and says nothing at all. That's maybe not appropriate, but you just never know. You know, you, you, you have to kind of feel your way through these things, you know, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of things on this planet today. And so what am I going to need? I'm going to need to follow the spirit that God has given me, right? He's inside of me. The mind of Christ is accessible to me. It's not just about being quiet. You know, I, I mean, honestly, I could practice a discipline of never saying anything. And they'll say that's the guy that never says nothing, right? But it's, it's not necessarily what's being called for. What the Lord is calling us to is adherence to his voice through his spirit. Because we have access to the same spirit that Christ accessed. Even though he's one in the same, he still operated in the triune spectrum, Right? he would listen to the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Okay? So I need to listen to the Spirit. Bless the Lord. And that means a lot to a lot of people because a lot of people are claiming they're listening to the Spirit today and some of the stuff they're saying the Spirit told them is some crazy stuff. And you kind of wonder, well, what Spirit, you know, is this that's talking to you? Because there's more than one. So, so what I want to do is I want to make sure, and you'll know the Spirit because you can test what He's telling you. If it's godly, if it measures up to advancing His kingdom, right? If it, if it just fits 
you know. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be more, uh, in a lot of cases, it's going to be more than you want to hear. In other words, in a lot of cases, I really don't want to hear. That I'm thinking about a friend of um, Pastor Rick's. He's my friend too, but not as close. And then, um, not saying no names. I shouldn't have said Pastor Rick's. They might, could, they might be listening. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but that wanted to hear what the Lord had to say to him. And when he got the understanding of what it was that the Lord was trying to convey to him, he didn't want to do it. What else is the Lord saying, right? Forget this. I'm not doing that. What, what else is the Lord saying? Well, he doesn't have much else to say, if, <laughs> right? I mean, what more do you want? You're not going to do this. Why should I give you anything else that's good for you? In, in other words, when I tell you something, it's good for you. It's going to bless you. This is the bottom line. But if you refuse, if you purposely rebel against what I'm telling you to do, but you want what's the next thing to do, you've already chosen the next thing. The next thing is outside of my will. You get it? It's, it's kind of, you can't purposely, you can make a mistake, but you cannot just purposely choose to ignore this and go on to that. It's like Jonah. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not going there. I'll just go get on this boat, right? Okay. So, um, without further ado, <laughs> Proverbs ten nineteen says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Psalm 141, 3 says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, keep watch over the doors of my lips. And Proverbs 17, 27 says, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Obviously, the scriptures are always right. Our interpretation of things we read into can be wrong. Okay? Uh, we need to rely on the mind, this new mind that we have inside of us. This mind is the mind of Christ. Okay? Now, this is a touchy subject since many people believe that all they say and do is based on the mind of Christ and their discernment and the spirit leading them and all of this that I said a minute ago, okay? But we need to find out what is this mind? What's the mind of Christ? Sometimes the word heart refers to an actual physical organ, but many times it refers to the inner being, the seat of the will and of the emotions, Okay, and I said that before, and, and I think you guys agree that it's synonymous. Heart and mind are synonymous. They, they can be interchangeable. You can use it all, my heart hurts, right? Or my mind is tired, or you, you know what I mean? In other words, um, my mind is heavy, or my heart is heavy. You can use both of them. But it's the seed of our will, of our understanding, of our emotions, what we're talking about here. So I always use them interchangeably, but um, we'll say, what is the mind? Okay, <clears throat> biblically, the mind is simply the inner being or the sum total of all our mental, emotional, and spiritual faculties without drawing fine distinctions between them. Jesus replied, love your Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. When Jesus says to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, he's not highlighting various aspects of our personality. He's not differentiating between emotion and intellect. Rather, he's saying that our love for God should be all-inclusive, all of our being, all that we have, all right? That's how we love the Lord, okay? That's not something we can just come up with. We don't throw our all-in-all all into anything we think we do. We need his help to do that, right? Lord, Lord let me give you all that I have. Then give him all that you have, right? Okay, so it kind of works like that. And that's an inner request. That's, that's something inward. You can say it out loud, but if it's not being experienced inwardly, you're just chattering. It's, it's, just, it's just babble. That's what it is. You're just going on and on. Because he pays attention to the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. 
So he's wondering here, what's going on here while you're telling me this there, right? Their mouths honor me, but their hearts are far from me, right? That's the scripture. It was in Isaiah, and Jesus quoted it. We do a lot of chatter. Oh, Lord, please, and just call it down with your power and bring it down from the sky. And, and Lord, oh, and majesty, and blah, 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 and, you know, and all of this stuff. Okay, all embellished and relished, right? Where's your heart? I'm studying your heart. Now, by your speaking, you might invoke your heart into a praise, or a, you might. But in most cases, the enemy is lurking and looking about so that he can get you to exalt yourself, especially if people are clapping behind you or praising what you're saying or whatever. This is what the enemy wants to do. Take you from this connection you should have and make you stand in the place of God. No one's going to admit that. No, I'd never stand in the place of God. By default, we have a desire. <laughs> Look, these desires need to be cast down. Okay, this was the problem in Eden. Okay, it would make you wise like God. All of a sudden, this desire to be wise like God, you, you get it? It would make you like the most high. We're not exempt. I'm telling you, our job is twofold if nothing else. We have to resist the pull of our flesh. That pull wants to make us something outside of the will of God. And we have to cling and crave to the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ that wants to take us where we ought to be, where we're intended to go according to God. Bless the Lord. Okay, <clears throat> so how do we get this mind? Obviously, we should realize by now that we don't wake up with the mind of Christ. You wake up in the morning, you have to battle to put your mind on Christ. So tell me in here, oh, I just wake up and I just get up and do my, my you know, and I'm just praising and everything. There's a fight. There's a fight every day. You can get good at it, right? You can get good at it. But what you don't want to do is just make this a discipline above disciplines. In other words, it might not be that I wake up today and simply start praising. It might be he wants me to lay out on the floor. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's good to have a discipline in place, right, to adhere to because it makes it easier to submit to God when you wake up because you're used to it. But you don't want to get complacent in that, okay, I, you'll turn into the guy that, look at this, look at this, um, um, what was he? The, 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 help me here, Lord. The, the, the guy, this publican, look at this publican. You know, the, the, the Jew is downgrading the publican because the Jew is doing all these traditional things, right? And the publican is beating his breast. Oh, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. This might be what I need to be saying this morning. Forgive me a sinner, right? Right. Rather than to be all engrossed in disciplines that aren't really, you've gotten so immersed in these disciplines, you forgot me. You're doing things ritually, but you don't have me on your mind. Bless the Lord. So we need, the, look, the battle needs to be, we wake up and you lead me by your spirit. Lead me. It doesn't mean that I now, I, I feel he's leading me to pancakes before I worship him. Then you'll know you're being led, misled. Okay. The first thing to do is connect with your father. Connect with him. Bless the Lord. Because if you wait and late into the day, remember his mercies are new every morning, right? But if you wait until late in the day, stuff has happened and you've acted out. And now you're running for mercies that were available to you when you first woke up. Bless God. Bless the Lord. We can do this. If this isn't impossible, nothing's impossible with God. Everything's impossible with us. We can do it. Bless the Lord. No, God's not asking us for stuff that we can't do. He's asking us to do stuff we can do with his help. Right? Bless God. So how do we get that mind of Christ? <clears throat> First, <clears throat> we don't talk like Barney. 
right? See, see, if I was pastor up here, they would have brought me some water. Oh, aha. Uh-huh. 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you. So, so yeah. So, um, bless the Lord. <laughs> see, I was wrong. They already put the water up here. <laughs> see, which is something they don't do for him, obviously, because he's always asking for water. And so thank you, Deborah and uh, Akanke and you guys. Um, so how do we get it? It's about consulting the mind of Christ even before we decide to keep our mouths shut. Okay? So my thought was with the lady, keep, keep your mouth. Maybe you should not say nothing. Don't say nothing might be the answer, right? But it turns out that that may not be the answer. I need to consult God. We're always going to be surprised by one thing or another. Some stuff is good. Some will take you down the wrong road immediately, right? So what we want to do is we want to consult this this spirit we have inside of us that's going to lead us into all truth. That's wise above wisdom, okay? (laughs) This is a real, this is the spirit of God, okay? that manifests his character. We all have a spirit. Okay, some things your kids are going to pick up behind you because of your spirit, right? We all have it, but our spirit isn't flawless. God's is flawless. His spirit's going to lead us into all truth. And we think about, um, about Jesus, and we think about Jesus following the spirit. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... <clears throat> We believe in a lot of cases, I'm not saying everyone does and still does because a lot of us are growing in the Lord, right? Okay, some are still just showing up, but some are growing, giving everything they have and can to grow in the Lord. He knows who you are, okay? He knows. It's not about um, growing in the Lord means you get to be the pastor one day. That's not growing in the Lord, okay? It could mean that that's an assignment that he has for you, but your goal is to grow in the way that he wants you to grow so that you can be a service to him where he'll acknowledge you in that day, right? It's, it's, it's like, but you, you can get thrown off because you could go to a church where the people are competing, putting you down so that they can be the treasurer or the, or the yeah, right? They can't wait. They're, they're, they're not even concerned about you. That's not the mind of Christ. You don't get to just back out and leave the church. That's not necessarily the mind of Christ either. So if anyone's going to exercise access to his mind, let it be you. Because a lot of people aren't. But you can. And if that's the role he has for you, treasurer or whatever, deacon or whatever the case may be, if that's the role, because you're exercising the mind of Christ, following his spirit, he'll lead you into the position that he wants you in. Okay, it's just, it goes without saying. And there will be hostility and obstacles in your way from church people. Church people. Okay, not Christians. Not Christians trying to serve the Lord People that are trying to serve the Lord want the best for you. They want to exalt you above themselves. This is the the meaning of Christianity, right? You take the low route so somebody else can take the high route. Bless, Bless God. Now look, we've heard this before. We're not, as far as I know, having these kind of battles in here. You know, I don't know. But what I'm saying, I'm just using this as a a method to kind of get us to understand, we follow, we don't get to run away because we feel this is best for us. You call that discernment? We have discernment? That's not discernment. Here's discernment. It's dry out there. It's dry. There are lizards and snakes and cactus and no water. Yet the Holy Spirit wants me to go out here for 40 days. That's discernment because you've seen the the obstacles. You've seen the desert. You know what's going on. So you've already exercised discernment, but you want to be led by the spirit. So you go anyway. That's nowhere anyone wants to be. 
but I'm following the Spirit because why? He's going to exalt me in due season. Bless the Lord. Let that sink in for a minute while I try to go through my notes. Okay? This is, this is, this is, look, this is real. We don't have that? Ask for it. Everything we don't have, don't sit up and play and pretend, oh, I can do that. I got that. I got it. Ask for it. Ask and you'll receive. Knock and the door will be open. Uh, Seek and you'll find. I said them in different ways, but look, there's nothing God does not want to give us that is good for us. And he wants us to ask. Right? Bless God. Bless the Lord. So, how do we get the mind of Christ? We ask God, Lord, help me follow your spirit. Because Christ followed your spirit. And now we want that mind that he had to overrule the mind that we still have in us. Bless the Lord. Because we still have a mind and a will that wants to do its own thing. Okay? So it's not like you just accept the Lord, now you get his mind, and now I'm done. There's a battle going on. Don't let those people tell you you have no sin or no sinful cravings. Because they're out there ready to tell you, no, you're a done deal. You're the righteousness of God, which you are. You're a royal priesthood set apart, a holy nation, right? You are, but you're on a fallen planet with fallen demons and fallen people. And you have cravings that have still perplexed you in their need to be satisfied, right? I go on and on sometimes in my thought life of the things I didn't do that I had opportunities to do. They were sinful, wicked things. Things much of you are doing right now today. (laughs) Hear me. Hear me, saints. We have these cravings, okay? Bless the Lord. All right, so so hear me. We, We have a battle going on. We're not done yet. We're on our way to perfection. We need to access this mind that's in us. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Bless the Lord. Here's some steps. I outlined some steps I need to follow. (laughs) So, Lord. So, one, don't eat off the plate of this present world. That's going to be hard to do because some things you feel like, oh, you know, I'm entitled to this. And what's a little baseball game going to hurt or whatever the case may be? Well, it might not have hurt as much 10 years ago as it might hurt you today. Okay? Uh, If nothing else, at the basketball game, the cheerleaders might take your mind somewhere. Okay? All right. Look, discernment means I might be able to get away with that, but is that where you want me to go? Okay? If you're going to say you have an exercise discernment, exercise discernment. Don't just rely on your own mind. This is what discernment does. It cuts through the thoughts and the intentions of our minds. It's like a sword. Look, discernment from God is going to divide. It's going to show you your perspective and his perspective. Right? We don't just want to go relying on our own minds. We want to be able to rightfully divide. And so people just think, well, that's your study habit. No, you divide your choice. Okay, this choice in your heart right now, look at it as serious. Okay, is this the choice God is giving me? Is this what he would want for me? Okay, sometimes you're going to end up in some situations you think you're doing the best thing you can. It's even for other people. But look, if you're in doubt about what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, you have Richard and you have Lorraine and you have Dorothy and you have Donna, people you can talk to that are going to pray with you. Don't just go to the people that are going to say, oh, no, child, you know, that's fine going to the ball game. All right. They haven't even thought it through. They don't know that you lust after Hank Aaron. They don't know. 
Okay, God knows. Bless the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, this is not rocket science, but it's God science. Okay, this is what the Lord wants us to understand. We're making choices and we're writing them off as okay. If you continue to eat off the plate of this world, it's gonna get it's gonna be hard for him to use you. Your appetite is not of the things above, they're of the things below. We will have sports in heaven. We will have jazz. We will have music. No one wants to believe that. Heaven will be this earth renewed. This is the truth. We need to defer, defer. That means put to the side what we could eat now for a pleasant meal full of everything then. Bless the Lord. Technology, all of it will be there. Why? Because he taught you how to write a program. He taught you how to build a rocket. This is look, this isn't evil. Satellites aren't evil. <laughs> They're just being used evilly right now. God wants us to explore. He wants us to rejoice. He wants us in the festivals. He wants us at the banquets, at the parties. This is why we give up this place, because this place will keep us stuck. We're ineffective because we're feasting off this world. Place your mind on things above that are pure and lovely and of a good report. Keep your mind on things above that are yours. You're an heir to the kingdom. This is not just some rinky-dink kingdom. This one will never fall. It's never going to collapse. Bless the Lord. It might be hard to accept. (laughs) Ask God. Help me believe this. Help me with my unbelief. Enter the holy place often. Okay? Matthew 6, 5. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret, in the secret place. He's in the secret place. Your room is not necessarily the secret place. Everybody knows where that room is. You're going in there so you can enter the secret place. That's his room. That's invisible to anyone looking at me. That's private. It's between he and I. The secret place. I'm going into my closet so that nothing distracts me. But once I get in there, I go into his presence boldly, like Pastor Rick said today, boldly into his throne room of grace to receive grace and mercy in my time of need. Don't hesitate going in there. Enter the holy of holies. The veil is torn. Why boldly? It's not irreverent. It's because you would die if you went in there in the physical you would drop dead. You couldn't go. Jesus has torn the veil. You can enter in. No one's entering in. Get in there. Get in there as often as possible. I'd say the first time to get in there is when you open your eyes. Help me go into your holy place so I can follow you. And this day can turn out for me the way you want it to. Full of craziness, but the way you want it to. And I'll be content and you'll be pleased with me and you'll reward me in that day. Bless the Lord. Show gratitude. Show gratitude to God. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says, And do not be drunk with wine, and which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Singing. Look, he's not singing, Papa got a brand new bag. Okay, this is not (laughs) singing melodies to the Lord. That doesn't mean you have to go into ancient medieval times and sing a dirge. What it means is what's, look, Lord, this is on my heart. How do you feel about this song? This song, it seems to honor you. You feel honored by this song? I've been singing this song without knowing it. And then when my mouth opens up, 
I catch myself singing. I'm singing with my friends when we come together. It's, it's look, it's beyond saying. God wants us joyful, and singing is a sign of, of, of joy. It's a sign of gratitude. It's a sign of praise in a world gone wrong. We're singing. You don't have to be a good singer. You know, you, you can't, look, everybody can't sing like Doretha. And I know, no, I won't be funny, but she can sing. And Geraldine, hiding they singing. Ruth, you know, though Ruth ain't hiding it. Look, we're singing praises to God, okay? This is God honoring. So if you don't have a praise to sing to God, and the only thing you can come up with is Papa has a brand new bag, and you think, well, you know, he is my Papa, and he does have a brand new bag. I mean, you can kind of curtail that into something but I would suggest that you get some Christian music out and start eating off that plate too, okay? That should be on the diet plan. Bless the Lord. Then it'll start rehearsing in your heart. You know how it is when you hear a song. You go into the store and you hear that song again, you'll shop all day because that's your song. Song music has that effect on us. But the enemy will use that music to take your mind back to places if it's the wrong music. Because there's no way you were probably doing such and such a thing while listening to Almighty God or Amazing Grace. But if you was listening to Disco Daz It and, and Do's It and, and Who's It, right? When you hear that song, where does it take your mind to? Right? Okay, so we want to feed ourselves right now. We've been eating improperly. Start eating right. Right? Bless the Lord. Sing inward and outward. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's gratitude. That is gratitude. He studies our hearts. He knows there's a melody going on in there. Right? several cases when people are dying or there's some sickness going on or something like that, encourage hymns, encourage songs, right? Encourage them to sing. Sing to the Lord in your heart. If it comes out of your mouth, then it's coming from your heart. It helps the situation. It reassures us. And it makes us know that this, look, I could be singing anything. This song God gave me that I'm singing to the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hang out with believers. Who are you hanging out with? <laughs> it's important who we spend time with. Birds of a feather. And associations bring upon assimilation. And have some that you're already really able to confess your issues with. Okay, I can hang out with all of you guys. But I'm only going to tell G. Keith certain things. Or Keith, right? All right, I might tell Carla something, you know, but the bottom line is, <laughs> you know, you have a certain few, right? It doesn't separate us from the rest. What it does is the more, you, the more you're trying to become transparent, you start with a core group. And then your transparency starts to grow. It starts because you started. Don't hide everything thinking you're the shameful woman of the West. I mean, don't. Don't keep it all secret. Trying to look above board. That's a trick of the enemy. We have issues. Nobody in here is without the issues. We grew up in all kind of crazy. We saw crazy. We were dealt with crazy. We were mistreated. We were all kinds of crazy going on in crazy. But we, for some reason, have to believe, oh, nothing's wrong with me. There's something wrong with you. You don't have to tell me. I know something's wrong with me. Just you know, tell me back. <laughs> There's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. We're broken. Let me explain broken when I say broken. We are connected to God. We are, right? Um, but if you buy a radio... 
and it just plays for a moment and cuts off and plays again and cuts off and plays again. Well, it's working, but it's not working properly. It's broken. And like us, we need to stay connected, connected continually. Because if we're broken, we're not getting all the signal that we would be getting. Our aspiration should be constantly, what do you have to say now? What do you have? Look, it might sound, that's just way too much. And it is for some of us. I don't know who you are, but for others of us, we're going to do this. We're going to try our best because we've suffered much sorrow here. And all that we see on the horizon is more sorrow. Consider all the friends and relatives that have died and now we're entering the holidays. It's very heartbreaking. Here's an answer. Keep your mind on things above. Stay connected to me. I'll get you through this. And it comes to an end. No more death. No more dying. No more crying. No more suffering. Joy and bliss. On a planet where there's no treachery. No one's going to hurt you. You have nothing but eternal life to enjoy forever and ever. In a kingdom of your creator. No one can top. Bless the Lord. Hang with believers. Serve God. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Spirit may unction you. The Spirit may unction you. Say, for instance, here's another one of my analogies, to give money to the homeless person. But you may decide, I always give this man money and write it off as a routine that you began that's now unhealthy. Every time he sees me, I can't even get in here in the liquor store. Why are you going in the liquor store? I don't know. But I can't even get in here in the liquor store. But without seeing this guy on the ground, right, wanting money. And so you might decide, I always give him money. I started something unhealthy. I'm not going to give him money. But if you ask God, his spirit may point out the ways God gives you money. And he doesn't do it to keep a routine going. Okay? It's in his nature to supply your needs. This is how God's been working with you. Did I blow the money he's given me? Plenty of times. Plenty of times. If I had this attitude, the guy at the gate, beautiful, would have died right there. He would not have been healed. We can't have that. We need to access the mind of Christ. Too much we're thinking, there's discernment there. Here's the discernment. He's always there. He's always needy. This happens all the time. Blah, 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 blah. You're exercising discernment, but it's your discernment. Now the Holy Spirit is saying, give it to him. If you ask... You'll do what the Holy Spirit says. You'll be in good shape. Bless the Lord. It doesn't end. He hasn't stopped feeding you and giving you money. You have something to give. Give it. Right? Bless the Lord. The Spirit may say to him, while you in there buying that burger, you're getting... Extra sauce, the big one with the bacon and the cheese all over it, doubled up with egg. I don't know. Just a big, huge one. And he's out there, so you're just going to buy him a, a regular burger. You get it? <laughs> okay. Right. Think about what I'm saying. Can you afford to give him? Look, there's a scripture that says, look, you don't take the poor man and sit, sit at my feet. And the rich people, you take them up to the front and sit them as guests of honor. It's the ability or the opportunity to serve the poor that gives us credit in this kingdom we're moving to. Bless the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit to change our mind into the mind of Christ. Help us to adopt the mind of Christ. Because we're going to tell each other stuff in our hearts and minds that sounds feasible. That sounds right. Always feed him. He always there. Look, he there right now. And by now, it's 12 o'clock, and plenty of people have given him money. I'm sure he's filled with cash. 
and he's hiding it. And you've seen him doing it, hiding it and dunking it. And then you turn around and look and they're putting it away. And so, no, they got money. It still doesn't mean that's not your opportunity to sow into that person. I'm sorry, you get to go home to a bed with pillows tonight, right? Think about it. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to serve the Lord with what he's given you. Bless God. This kind of thing helps us get past our ritual, disciplines, and move into a place where we're going to follow the Lord. Why is this? Get out of here. You're messing up. We're going to follow the Lord. And in two more minutes, we'll be following him out of here if we ask. Because <laughs> I'm about to, uh, to wrap this up. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills and the spirit gives life. Um, I'm going to I'll be here next week. So we'll do the next part next week. So now that you know that, don't not come. <laughs> See, relying on your own discernment. And then, uh, Hey, I'm going to go feast off the world today. Boxton is up there. So, uh, no, come on down. Um, but uh, um, our new minds aren't alone. We still have this old mind that contains what I tend to refer to as stinking thinking. It's a constant struggle, Okay. Prior to salvation, the non-Christian has only one capacity, and that's to serve himself. That's, that's it. You can look charitable and benevolent and like you care and this and that, but in that heart that God's discerning thoughts, his word divides, that heart of ours, he's able to look in there, he's able to look in there and see in my heart that, look, perhaps I really did like that lady on Resurrection Day. You know, and I, I look, my, that quick abrupt running into her was, I used it as an opportunity to pretend I was so dazzled while all the time I really think about her. You, you get it? It's like I wouldn't know that unless God's discernment cuts through, his word cuts through. Okay? What it does is it shows you you. The you that you suppressed and didn't pay attention to or didn't want to. Or the you that you discounted saying, no, I can't be that bad. When you're a non-believer, you only have you to rely on. That's why non-believers think they're so okay. It's like, no, we're going to fix the world. We're going to heal this planet. We're going to fix the climate. We're going to do all these things and we can do it. Rally with us. We can do it. Go all the way. <laughs> Right? Year after year after decade after decade after century after century. Why is it that they believe they can do it now? Well, we have access to all the world through technology now. So now all we need to do is put on a happy face, not a Hitler face, but a Hitler mind, and put this happy face on and the people are following us. They're doing what we say. We're going to change this place. God has already told us he's going to renew the earth. Okay, renewal means this very earth will be redone, tried by fire. All the stuff that's not like him will be burned up. Bless the Lord. He's going to fix what we claim we can fix. But in the mind of the non-believer, and we can't hate the non-believer. They don't know you were a non-believer. You didn't know either. Some of us believers know and still act like we don't know. Okay, don't blame them. We have to pray. That's why we have to pray for them and pray for our enemies. We don't hate them. They don't know. We didn't know. Bless God. So we still have this old mind. 
Prior to salvation, the non-Christian has only one capacity, and that's self-service. At the moment of salvation, the person receives a new nature where they have the capacity to serve God. There is now the tendency to do what God wants them to do. They have the capacity at any given moment to serve God or to serve self. There's a constant struggle between the old and new natures. The scripture says, let us not be conceited, provoking and envying each other, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. In other words, his spirit should win. We should gain from allowing his spirit to win the contentment of having not chosen what our spirit wanted. There's contentment there. It's kind of like, I'm not going to read the Bible today. Is it boring or whatever we tell ourselves until we pick it up and read it and find there's contentment there. I wish I had picked it up yesterday. I picked it up today. Wow. When you put it down, do you know what a struggle it is to go pick it back up again? There's a fight. Now, discipline will take, put you in a place where it's, lesser, it's a lesser fight. But what I'm trying to convey is that we want to hear from the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is not going to cancel out the Word of God. So we know we're supposed to study His Word, right? But we don't want to just be robots. Because while we're studying, we want His Spirit to flood us with the truth. And lead us into all truth and righteousness. We can't afford to rely on our own intellect anymore. We're entering a state, a day, a stage that's being set right before us. That there's going to be some suffering, martyrdom, all kinds of stuff America hasn't known yet. We're entering into a place, a, a, a dimension of crazy. We have to wake up. We have to wake up. And we can't even wake up without asking God to wake us up. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So now, Lord, we just pray right now.